Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Quorum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Katie Hoff. Katie is a best-selling author, successful entrepreneur, an eight-time world champion, and three-time Olympic medalist swimmer for Team USA. In this episode, Katie reveals her approach for successfully pursuing long-term goals and how daily disciplines and measuring what matters and intrinsically rewarding herself fueled her success. But before we get started today, I want to make you aware of a unique resource available to you. Every Friday, I send out a short newsletter with three tips or insights on how to improve your mind, body, and recovery. And this newsletter is called Adaptation. This past week's newsletter detailed a mental framework for dealing with stressful situations. I broke down how social media impacts your brain as well as recommendations for creatine supplementation. You can get my free newsletter by signing up now at www.ericquorum.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. But now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Katie, one of the things that I really admire about athletes competing in the Olympic games is that it's a quadrennial cycle. It's a four year cycle. You train for four years for an opportunity that may last a minute, two minutes. You know, when I was in track and field, it was less than 20 seconds, maybe 25 seconds. Um, and there's so much that goes into that. And I think people, they, you know, our lives get busy. You know, this isn't football or soccer or baseball where there's a hundred and something games. This is like four years off, you got this North star. So how do you build momentum when the destination is so far away? That's a great question. It's actually probably one of the, aside from, do you know, Michael Phelps, it's probably the second, uh, most asked question I get of like, Oh my God, you know, no one, which also always hurts my heart a little bit. People are like, well, no one really cares about swimming to the Olympics. You're like, well, there's world championships and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's yeah. true. It's true, right? Yeah, you know, people are the the Olympics. That is the the pinnacle, right? That's the top of the mountain in in any Olympic sport. And I, you know, but it's funny when I was when I get asked that question, I'm like, well, I don't think I've ever really I never really thought of it that way because I was so focused on not only bringing into each summer, there was either an Olympic, you know, a world championships or some type of international competition. And then back up even further from there, you know, there's the the monthly meets that we go to and then back up even further from there, there's the daily practices where I was so focused on so many little things that went into those practices um, that I never, I never felt that way. Like I'm standing at the top, bottom of a mountain, like, oh my God, I'm four years away. Like it just never felt that way. And I think if you really break that concept down, it's understanding what are your daily, what are your weekly, your monthly things that you do that drive that momentum. That if you do that, and I, I like to say closing the loop on the day, right? Close the circle, mm-hmm. draw in the circle, whatever whatever you want to think of it as in terms of completion. Um, but those things fill you up and make you feel excited and motivated and invigorated. And I don't just mean, yeah, like I, you know, go and um, go into the office and, you know, I complete my reports, right? Like I, I mean, very, very minute, specific things that are, you know, sometimes quantifiable, um, but things that you can look back on on the day or in moments when you're like, oh my God, like it's Wednesday and I still have 
40, 48 more hours of, of work of the work week, whatever that might be, I think people would be surprised at in, in athletics, how specific you get. Like I would be talking to my coach about paces I had to hold in practice down to the hundredth of a second, like blink of an eye. And I would be that targeted in what I was doing. And if I didn't, I would be upset. So if you close the loop, let's say you hit the mark on whatever objective was, did you internally reward yourself? Like, man, great job, Katie. Like, was there something that you did in your brain to reward yourself or to memorialize or just to acknowledge the fact that you did a good job? I think, yeah, I mean, I I certainly wouldn't, you know, go get an ice cream or something like that. But yeah, I, I think the point in it is, having the understanding of what it is. I think so many people just go through the motions and even as, you know, teammates, I would see just, you know, they come out of practice, like how was practice? It was solid. Okay. Why? It was good, bad. What was it? You know, like, and I was, I would, you know, write it down. I would, you know, take, I would say the drive home for me was such a big one, like going through the day. Okay. Did I, did I do the, my paces? Was I hydrated? What was my nutrition like? Like I, I constantly had this internal monologue of like kind of analysis. And I knew every single day if that was, if that was good, if that was great, if that was, you know, indifferent or, you know, if it was a poor performance, even to the point where I mean, when I was young, I like pull-ups for me was a really big one, like upper body strength from the point of being 11, 12 years old, I was competing with the boys in, in grade school of like who could do the most pull-ups, but it was a point of like, such empowerment and confidence mm. for me. And so every week I had to do three sets of 10 pull-ups three times a week. And that was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like rain or shine. Like that was something I did. And that was something that gave me tons of confidence, something so small, right. But there's, there's a number to it. There's a frequency to it. Um, and my mom picked me up cause I wasn't driving yet. And we're like 20 minutes into the drive. We lived like 40 minutes away. And I gasped and she was like, oh my God, what happened? What happened? Like, we hit something. What happened? I'm like, oh my God, mom, I, I totally forgot to do the pulse. We have to turn around. We have to go back. She's like, no, like I'm not dry. Like what? There's dinner in the oven. No. I'm like, no, like literally we have to go back. Like I have to do that. And my mom's amazing. And she turned back around and ran back in and got popped out my three sets of 10 pull-ups. Um, which sounds crazy and, and, you know, probably not like if I, you know, I'm standing in Olympic games, Olympic final, you know, I don't know if that would have made the, the difference in that moment, but in the moment of momentum of that week, of that month, of that year, it was a huge deal. Do you know um, there's a science so behind this? I, I don't know. Yeah, so me. I'm listening to you and there's a, there's a molecule or a neuromodulator called dopamine and dopamine. Yes. People say it's the molecule of reward and pleasure, but it's really the molecule of motivation. And the key to pursuing long-term goals is like, you you just articulated all the science, which is amazing to me. It's like, if you had two runners, like running a marathon, it's 26.2 miles. And one person is just focused on the finish line. Okay. And then there's another person that every mile marker, they just in their brain go, Great job, Eric. Okay, you got it. Keep going. Uh, and you're focused on the next one. You hit it. Great job. Keep going. What happens is, is you get these little bumps in dopamine. The anticipation of hitting the mile marker and then the actual internal reward of you saying, good job. And if you can find, whereas the person that's 26.2 miles only focused on the finish line, they're going to yeah. get so demotivated. They're going to probably going to quit, not because they don't have the physical stamina or endurance, but the 
the chemical driver for motivation literally gets sucked out. And so what you did was by acknowledging in your brain or by saying, hey, I have these milestones of three times 10 pull-ups or I hit this pace or and you're just in your brain, you're going, okay, I'm making progress, I'm making progress. What that does is it sets you up for continued motivation to push forward. Most people don't do that. They just think about the big project they have to do and they don't break it down into chunks. And all the great athletes I've ever worked with, they're winning the day, they're winning the week, they're winning the whatever, you know, the, and it just keeps them moving forward. And so you were doing some very complex neuroscience, but it was just intuitive to you because the best in the world generally have very similar habits and practices. And um, I don't know if it's nature or nurture. I think some of it's the way you've been hardwired. And then other things is you've learned, right, over time that this is what keeps me going. But sorry, I just wanted to, to pause there for a moment because I think there's something that people can really take away from not only your practical experience, but there's legitimate science backing up everything that you're doing. Yeah, no, thank you. And also now I can say um, typically in school, I was terrible at math and science. So I'm actually really good at science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are. You, you're you're an applied scientist. You put it into practice. I'm an applied there you scientist. Go. There you go. <laughs> so getting back to this, um, closing the loop. So you would do it. It seemed like you were doing some things daily, weekly. Did you ever like when you won a big, like let's say qualifying or did you celebrate that like legitimately? Like are there were there ever like release moments where like, oh, okay, climb that mountain you know what I'm saying? Did you ever give yourself that release valve a little bit? I did. I think it's something that, you know, when I was making my comeback for 2016, I do, I actually don't think I did enough of mm. that. Like it was like, when I was younger, <clears throat> excuse me, I would, you know, break an American record and it would be like, okay, next mm. thing, you know, it wasn't like, all right, it's okay to be like, wow, oh my gosh, you know, that was a big deal and a big benchmark. Like it's okay to celebrate that for 24 hours and then move on. And I think um, being able to have that enjoyment is really important. And I think that's a mistake that I made. And so when I was making my comeback, that was really my whole goal. I'm like, I just want to actually enjoy this. I, I mean, I can honestly say that, you know, at, I've been to two Olympic games. Like, I didn't truly squeeze out all the enjoyment from standing there and being like, wow, I have the American flag on my cap. I have my name on my cap. I'm representing my country. Like, you're so laser focused, which is obviously a great thing. But I think with maturity and wisdom, you learn, okay, I, I actually need to take a second. And all of the, you know, crazy intensity that you just went through for the last four years, like, take a moment and enjoy it. Like, that's the whole point of this. So that's something I can say that. I wish I had that knowledge earlier than later. Katie, in the last three episodes, you have like just dumped a ton of like experience from a world-class champion, not only in like sports, but in life. And now you're doing it in business. Um, I know that you speak publicly a lot. First of all, I'm a, I don't know Michael Phelps, but I know you. So that's pretty freaking sweet. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about Michael Phelps. This has been really awesome. I've heard that you, you know, we have a, a common friend, Kurt Steinhorst, and he was like, when I was like, hey, I would really love to get an elite athlete on the show. He's like, oh, Katie, 100%. And you do a lot of public speaking. If somebody's listening to this, like, man, I would love to have her come into my organization or my team. 
Um, how can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just shout out to Kurt. He is the best. He's been an amazing mentor. Like the second I, you know, do a speech I'm really excited about, I'm sending him a clip for his feedback and encouragement. So um, I'm really glad that he was able to connect us. But yeah, uh, so I have my website, obviously, which is um, actually not fun fact. Um, right after the 2004 Olympic trials, someone bought up my katiehoff.com when I was like 15 years old. Yeah. So, but I actually have a nickname. I always go by KT. So it's www.k, the letter K, the letter T, Hoff, H-O-F-F.com. It has a sample of, of um, all the speeches, kind of my speech topics that I do and they, and they can email and, and we'll reach out to schedule. I also actually do a lot of like some, I've had people DM me on Instagram. So I'm really big on Instagram, um, which is saying it's Hoff 7 um, So either email me or uh, DM me and um, we'll get things. Scheduled. Awesome. I'll put links in the show notes for that. And that kid, uh, they missed out. They, you know, I'm sure they were going to try to charge you a ton of money uh, for that. For that, uh, they did. They were. It was ridiculous. I was like, my nickname's KT. We're going with that. I'm not paying twenty grand for this. Well, hey, it has been. Yeah, exactly. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and we're gonna put links in the show notes. I'm really excited to see what you're gonna be up to next. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you want to support the show, please leave us a comment and review on whichever listening platform you are joining us from. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.